Episode 5, A Conversation with the People's First Coalition. One of the goals of this podcast is to equip people with some knowledge about how to engage at a local level so that you can start to impact change, for whatever that means to you. The People's First Coalition is a group of candidates running for a number of positions in Bloomington, Illinois, under a set of shared ideas. Regardless of your political affiliation, I only ask two things of you. Listen and vote. Let me leave you with some data. Only about 20% of the citizens of Bloomington voted in the last mayoral election, and these ward positions are typically decided by less than 100 votes. Hello, and welcome to the People's First First Coalition on the Keep Your Day Job podcast. Um, This is a special um, election special to steal the term from PodBN. Um, And what we understand to set up this conversation is most, if not all candidates have been interviewed and are being interviewed by PodBN at length. So we will not spend our time today speaking about um, individual positions of any of these candidates. We will be speaking specifically about how the People's First Coalition can help move us forward as a community here in Bloomington. So with that, I would like to introduce my guests. So if you'd like to just go around the horn and give a quick intro to yourself and let the folks know what you're running for. Well, my name is Willie Holton Halbert. I'm running for Bloomington City Council Ward 3. Okay, nice to meet you, Willie. Nice to meet you. Jackie, we can go to you next. I'm Jackie Gunderson and I'm running for Mayor of Bloomington. I'm Pat Lawler, and I'm running for City Council in Ward 5. And I'm Kelby Cumston, and I'm running for Ward 7. Well, nice to meet you all. Um, At this point, I'm going to give another shout out to PodBN, because we know Patrick and Kelby have both been on um, and and given really well-nuanced positions about how they would improve the specific wards they're running for. So I want to continue to push you towards that if you're interested in those conversations. Um, But today we're here to talk about People's First Coalition, as I said earlier. So let's start with a question about the inception of the People's First Coalition. How did the group of you come together and create what we are talking about today? Well, well, I can start um, by saying that initially, when I started running for uh, Bloomington City Council Ward 3, uh, some people, a few friends that say, you should run for city council. And uh, I decided to do that. Afterwards, I heard about the coalition and I thought people first, that's interesting because that's what I believe in. I believe in putting people first. So uh, I actually uh, met with the other ones that had already gathered together for the people first. And we talked about policy, what we believed in, how much we cared about the people of this community with a passion, really want to make a difference. And I saw they mirrored some of the same values and ideas that I had. Uh, Not saying that we agree on everything, but the majority of things we agreed upon. And I thought, I want to be a part of this coalition. And I asked that, hey, I'm willing to work with you all if you would accept me in. And they talked with me and we all came to agreement and voila, here I am, people first. Yeah, and it, it, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jackie. 
I was just going to say, I also joined this group after it had already started. Um, and so I'll let Pat and Kelby talk a little bit more about the origin. But part of what inspired me to be able to choose to run for mayor was that this group of people were already putting their feet on the ground. They were already engaging people. I was already excited about Pat and Kelby's um, races and I was already planning on supporting them and they made a good argument for why I should uh, join forces with them. And so I'll let them talk about how it started, but what it's blossomed into is this incredible group of people, um, not just these four candidates, but a lot of people that are really excited about change in Bloomington that are putting in the work, that are um, putting people first and putting their their collective power together. And so I'm super inspired by these three other candidates and by the people behind the scenes that are helping us succeed. So that's a big part of what this means to me. And I'll let Pat and Kelby kind of talk about what it looked like before Willie and I strolled in. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like people like us aren't typically the type of people that run for office in this town, right? Like we're not well connected. We don't have people that are already in like positions of power. And so like, it's tough to do, like, it's overwhelming. It's daunting. Like I'm a teacher in normal community high school. Like I get my classroom, but I can't do this alone. Right. And so we all realize that like, we have to rely on each other and we have to come together because we all have experience serving this community in our own ways. And that we have to come together and kind of navigate this terrain. And, and, you know, like everybody talks about collaboration but that's got to start before you get to city council, right? Like you got to practice what you preach. You can't wait until after the election. We wanted to start that now because the issues people are dealing with, like we need to have an answer and we need to be ready to go on day one. And so that's why we did it. Yeah, and I'll just jump in and say that, uh, I mean, it initially, you know, the start of this comes from, uh, you know, a, a small group of people deciding that, hey, you know, we've been paying attention very closely to everything that's happening on the city council, and we really need to, to make this change in April. And so we need to build, you know, a coalition to challenge that for exactly the reasons everyone just said. Um, and, you know, just to attest to how grassroots this is, uh, I didn't have a personal connection to Willie, Pat, or Jackie before any of this started. We, we, <laughs> we really didn't know each other a year ago. Um, and yet, you know, we're all graduates of ISU. Like, we have very common uh, themes between all of us. And, and so, yeah, we're just ready to do it. That's exciting. I think that's a great answer because I do think that's that's what folks have an appetite for is understanding that before we vote for anyone, they've got our best interests in mind and that they've been putting in the sweat equity for lack of a better term um, to understand what this community needs. So um, when we think about traditional political parties, the, the, the people's first coalition is very specific to not use the people's first party. Could you delineate um, your position to more standard Republicans or Democrats? How, how can people position you with respect to the other groups in town? Well, I think we'll start with these are nonpartisan elections. And that's what's unique about municipal elections is that um, there is no party attached to it. So when we thought about running, if we were aligned with a party, it wouldn't have mattered because in this race, all of us are nonpartisan. Um, but I also think if we think about the coalition, not as a political party, but as, as literally a collaborative effort, a group of people putting their collective power together. Um, and I don't think for me, it really, it really aligns with what we understand political parties to look like. Um, and I think 
it's also different. I've not experienced this before. I think it's unique to this group of people. And I think it's also exciting um, because it is grassroots and it is for the people by the people. So I don't know that we could tie it to what a, a political party looks like or um, each of us as a political party. Um, and, and I think it's also important to, to think about how we don't know where this is going yet. It's exciting and people are, have an appetite for it, like you said, but we do know that we're building independent political power um, outside of those, those structures that we know as political parties. And, and like Kelby said, and Pat said, like this isn't the traditional group of people running. We're not connected in the ways that um, we would traditionally think of political parties. So I think it's important to kind of remove that lens from what we're doing because that's not what it is. Yeah. And if you and, and if you think about it, each one of us are totally different. We we have some of the same types of values on particular issues and that's what brings us together and connect us. But each one of us are come from totally different backgrounds. I'm 66 years old. I've been in this community over 40 what 45 years. So I think you will see that people in the community can relate to each one of us. We're relatable and we genuinely care. We didn't just hop on the scene. We've been here, we've been working, doing the work. And that's what people really care about, that we listen to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, at a time when those two parties are so polarized, it's at least in my opinion, it's inter I'm interested in this party or in this coalition, I'm sorry, um, because it's attempting to represent Bloomington without partisan labels. And the points that you just made, the scope of experience that you all bring to the table is what makes this truly interesting. So thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, how about funding? So you mentioned grassroots um, Jackie, this is probably a question that's going to end up in your camp here since you are running for mayor, but talk to me a little bit about how you've energized folks um, and how you've gotten folks to monetarily support your cause. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you asked this, actually, because there have been some a little bit of confusion about campaign finance, and um, it is a slippery slope when you start looking into campaign finance, and all of us are very lucky to have treasurers that um, are very passionate about making sure we do it right and that everything is reported. And I personally feel very blessed to have that because it is not my, um, my forte. So with that said, we do have people who are very much um, in the know about campaign finance that are keeping us on the right track. So I will start with that. And then I'll say also um, for me, it really is grassroots. I looked yesterday, I have 188 unique donations um, and I've raised about $8,000 and just for my campaign. And um, that's an average of about $42 per donation. So I don't have big, um, big money coming in in any place. It's everyday working people like me. And I think it's also really important to note that a lot of people are struggling right now and times are tough. And so those $42 average donations to me mean the world because people are taking um, what they have in their modest bu budget and putting it towards something that they believe in. And so I write a handwritten thank you note to every single person that donates to my campaign, whether it's $5, 
or $50. Um, it's really important to me that people um, feel like they're a part of it because it is 100% being backed by people like me who have a budget at home, who are taking that and putting it towards something they care about. And so, um, and it's a big deal to this campaign and to me because how it's resourced says a lot about who it's going to represent, right? Um, I, For me personally, I think um, campaign finance can be a funny thing. And there was an article recently done um, where all of the facts were not there because I didn't have to yet report. I was under $5,000. Um, and so it wasn't a clear picture of where we were. But I also, since then, have seen an incredible amount of donations come in. I had a birthday fundraiser where people donated $33 for my 33rd birthday. It was super uh, successful. We made um, a lot of money off of it, and it felt like something that people could contribute to, right? Because that's, a, that's an easy amount. That's, you know, $33 isn't that big of a deal um, compared to, you know, somebody, I was asking somebody for 1000 um, and then we have a fundraiser coming up this weekend, actually, where we sold baskets and they were $25 each and people ordered a lot of them. And that's, you know, $25 out of their budget that they set aside and they got a fun basket with some really cool local stuff. And they contributed to our campaigns um, and felt like they were a part of it. So I think all of that is really important. And again, I think it, it speaks to the way that we intend to represent is the way that we're sourcing this campaign or all of these campaigns. Um, and I will say we do share um, resources. If somebody needs something or the whole coalition needs something, we're working together with our treasurers to make sure that the needs of each campaign are met um, and somebody's not over here missing out on some of the expensive things that are that go into a campaign because campaigns are expensive. Um, and then just pairing that fundraising effort together and doing fundraisers like the one we have today to uplift the whole coalition. Can I, can I add something in there too really quick? I mean, I think we need to be honest about the political landscape as it is in Bloomington Normal. Like these races are nonpartisan, but there are PACs behind the scenes that are funding a lot of these campaigns, right? And so like, like let's not joke ourselves and, and kid ourselves in that. They've got the power, they've got the establishment behind them People like us that don't normally run for office, like we don't, we don't have that infrastructure, right? And like, even when we talk about the parties, like, right, this being nonpartisan, we're like, parties are going to look out for the parties. The people that run PACs are going to look out for those PACs. Who's looking out for us? And so like, that's why we think it's so important that we have this people funded campaign. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry, Willie, I think you're muted. Oh, there you go. Also, what I like is that, like, when I first started, I had nothing, literally. You know, on a Wednesday, someone calls it, would you consider running? And I thought about it, and paperwork had to be in by Monday. So a group of faithful friends and people that didn't know real well but willing to help gathered and went out into the streets, got the signatures, and we started with little or nothing. So it is definitely a grassroots um, endeavor. And each one of us have our own campaign, our own treasure, so they each are each separate. We work together, as Jackie says, and support each other with through the coalition. But literally, uh, I started with zero, $50, 
and it has grown over the different donations uh, to 5,000. So, you know, I consider that a, to be a blessing that people care enough. I'm really in awe of all the support that we're getting and how much people really say, I'm so glad that you're running all just to see people that look like us, that genuinely care. But what I will also say is that if other individuals or groups want to donate to us or donate to uh, our campaign who see what we do and what we believe in, I believe in democracy. I believe in everyone working together. I believe from the bottom up that we should care about the people and they want to give, then they give. You know, I'm just thankful. And as Jackie says, I, don't, I send a note out to every single person immediately saying, thank you, appreciate, we'll keep you, keep you informed. Uh, I plan to send out a note to everyone, let them know this is what we're, this is what we're doing. This is what we anticipate. Uh, appreciate your feedback. So I think it's that collective working together. Like when Jackie said that she was 33, I laughed because that's half my age. <laughs> and I'm really glad you asked this actually, because I think it also paints a picture of um, while we do not have um, establishment experience, we don't have those connections that Pat mentioned, um, it doesn't mean we're not qualified. It means that we haven't been handed the things that other people may have been handed. And um, it actually means, I think for me, that we'll be better representative representatives of everyday people because I don't have a personal stock that I can throw into this campaign. It's not in my personal budget to be able to self-fund this. And I think um, those the lack of experience that would be traditional or the lack of connections that would be traditional only sets us up to understand the needs of the people that we expect to represent better. Um, and I think that's an important note is all of this comes back to the way that we want to be a part of being representatives for the people and not leaving people behind or leaving people on the margins starts with the way that we collaborate um, to get into office. So I think, um, I think Willie hit on it too. Like we're thankful for any contributions that people give, but at the same time, I think it paints a picture of the way that we're approaching this in a different way. Yeah, I, I think you all made very good points. Um, and Kelby, since you didn't comment on that, I'm gonna go ahead and call you out because I just listened to you on PodBN the other day. Um, so this does not mean that the People's First Coalition is anti-business. This means that the People's First Coalition is willing to work with the constituents and, and raise money at a grassroots level instead of seeking out larger donations, which I think should be noted. So um, Kelby, you've spoken about an electric go-kart track. Um, you're, that, that, what's interesting to me is that this isn't anti-business, right? And I think that's how we blanket paint progressive ideas now is that, oh, it's eat the rich anti-progressive, you know, anti-business. So how would you work with local businesses, even if they don't donate? Got it. Yeah. I mean, the, the indoor electric go-kart track, to be very specific, is the idea is that it's Rivian paying for a portion of it. They would sponsor it. I don't think the city necessarily should get involved into it. It's just something that I throw out there is, is to give hope for the future, given the COVID world we're in. Yeah, um, and but, I think it's an example of an interesting partnership. And I, I personally believe that we, we have to stop putting the bill individually and we have to start thinking as a community about some of these issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, private-public partnerships are, you know, what's going to be the future. Uh, and so 
I think, you know, working with uh, any type of economic incentive that we're going to have, uh, I think the, the, the way it's been done in the past has been thinking of uh, let's bring in some multinational big box store and, uh, you know, give them an incentive so we can fill this empty uh, building. Uh, and so I think with the People's First Coalition, that's not going to happen anymore. We're going to have more of a focus on uh, the small businesses that exist, because some of us are small business owners here. Um, and then also, you know, uh, lifting up the businesses that want to be created here uh, that are not the multinational box store chains. Right. Right. And I, I think that, yeah, to, to, to harp on that point a little bit more for the listeners, what that private, private um, government partnerships mean that we are using a company like Rivian to create a space where other businesses can exist in this sort of ecosystem, right? So this isn't asking a business to pay for the whole thing um, or to dump it all back onto the taxpayers. And I, I think that's an interesting approach. Um, so- well, While we're on that, economic yeah. development, um, that's a big topic for a lot of people and we don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but I think Rivian is a good example of a way in which economic, development tools um, can be beneficial to the community. So when Rivian didn't meet one of their marks, they didn't take the money that was associated with that mark. And I think our local governments, not just the city of Bloomington, need to do better that if we are offering those incentives, that there's language built in, that it is mutually beneficial. So if you don't meet the mark as a business that's coming to our community, then you don't get the funds. Or if you, you know, if you agree to come to our community, you're going to pour some things back into our community. And I think that's a good example of a way in which that's working. But I think that there are times where we've brought a big box store in and it didn't benefit the community in a way that um, traditionally we would think that kind of thing would work. So when we think about economic development tools, we should really be prioritizing the businesses and the people and the, the buildings that are already here. And that should be revitalizing the things that already exist here, the people, our neighbors, the struggling neighborhoods. And, and we're not anti-business. We 100% believe that economic development does make our city better. And, um, but we need to think about the ways in which it also can benefit our community and not just um, who we can bring here, but how it can then bring good resources back into our community. Does it bring jobs? Does it bring um, economic incentives to the community? Um, and so I think that's something that you said, like the progressives are eat the rich and we don't believe in business, but I think it's, it's in even more in our uh, interest to support local businesses and support support local workers and support our community benefiting from economic development because we don't all just live here because of the good stores that are here or the big businesses that are here. We live here because we have great um, municipal parks and a trail and activities and schools. And there's a lot more that goes into living in a community that people um, assess than just that there's big businesses here. And so I think that's a big focus for us is what does that look like as an overall economic development and how does it benefit back to the people who, who should be benefiting from it? Absolutely, absolutely. Can I, yeah, can I say for something it. really quick too? Yeah, like to echo kind of what Jackie said, like so often economic tax breaks or corporate giveaways, but like we take a different approach to it, right? Like. When we say we're people first, when we look at small businesses in our community, 
we see the small business small owners business. and the people who are, are running those businesses. And like, we want them to succeed because our community succeeds when they succeed as small business owners, right? And so like, we also realize that not everybody in our community has the same access to the capital and to the loans that they need to start a business. And so we're also looking at this through an equity lens saying like, how can we reach out to some of those disaffected communities, some of those communities that are at the margin, um, you know, those low income communities, like what can we do to get them and help them start their businesses as well? Cause like, unless everybody is successful as a community, we won't be successful as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, right? Economic development should be conscious of the folks who need most economic support. Um, and yes, a, a $10 an hour job for, you know, for, for part-time employment is not going to be as helpful as working for a local company with opportunity to improve your financial position. So thank you for putting a bow around that. Um, we've only got about eight minutes left, so I want to, oh, I'm sorry, go for it, Jackie. Just going to say we're small business owners and we didn't get any incentive to to set our roots here um and and we put our own capital into the dream of owning this small business and we've prioritized um making sure that the people that work for us are going to go back out they get a living wage so that they go back out and spend money in our community and that is how economic development should also work um, it should benefit the people who live and work here. And so I think there's a, a great opportunity to encourage people who already live here to set their roots as business owners. And we don't currently have anything um, doing that. So I think that's a note that I wanted to add is we've experienced that and it's it's not easy and you have to put your own, your own capital into it in order to get started or get investors, which is really tough to do in an in a economy like this. So I think yeah. that's important. And if yeah. I can make one additional comment mm -hmm. on this, and that is when you look at business and when you have businesses come in, when you negotiate the contract up front, you have the language in there saying that a certain percentage is going to go back into the community. That if if you if you come here, you're going to use the people here in this community. Why would we go way across the country to bring in people to build when we have Yes. laborers right here in our community that can build. So, and also, as you talk about incentives, have a percentage going back to our community, back to your schools, back to our parks. So it's a negotiating ahead of time, being creative with that to make sure those things are in place. So when they do come here, it's understood, you're gonna put back into our community and that's giving jobs to everyday working people like us. Yeah, you, you've all said a lot of exciting things on here um, that me as a voter, someone who tries to be an educated voter, uh, I, I hear about these things, I watch the meetings. So I, I really am uh, appealed to the energy that you guys are describing here. Um, so let's talk to the people who don't vote. We have so many folks who don't vote that it almost seems like the largest opportunity for anyone running for office. So um, let's end this conversation with allowing each of you an opportunity to excite uh, the voters and the non-voters about what a majority on the council would mean for this next term? Well, to start off with, it means you have people with integrity that have experience. I've been here over 40 years. You've seen the work I've done. I'm committed. And you know that there's someone there that's going to actually listen. It's going to be transparent. It's going to be accountable where we actually have listening circles where you can call in and we can have dialogue 
And not only do we listen to you, but we put together a plan to make things happen. And also we inspire you to want to vote. People don't vote because they don't believe in the process. They don't believe it matters. What we're saying is that you matter. So we want you to be engaged, to be involved, and then invest in our community. One of the things my parents taught me from a child up, you cannot live in a community and not be involved, not be invest, not want to give back. So that's what I would encourage the person out there who says, I'm not going to vote. One vote don't matter. And I can tell you that one vote does matter. People have won elections by one, two, five votes. So mm -hmm get out there, get registered and vote. We have a, the opportunity to make a difference. Together we can make a difference. And I think um, historically municipal elections are, have very low voter turnout. And I'm gonna make sure that Kelby gets an opportunity to talk about uh, voter turnout that is even historically worse, which is a primary for a municipal election, which Kelby is currently um, navigating. So I wanna make sure that he has a chance to uplift that. But we saw historic turnout in November. People voted by mail, people voted early, people turned out in a pandemic in historic numbers. And we know that that is not gonna be the case on February 23rd, and that is not gonna be the case on April 6th. And my biggest thing is, can we get people to turn out? It's a pandemic, it's cold out, it doesn't matter, I, my vote doesn't matter. All those things are things we hear or people don't even know. Like they were so invested in November that they just turned election brain off. And so some people that we've talked to literally do not even know that these elections are happening and local elections really do matter. The decisions that your local representatives make affect your day-to-day -day life and so, we want to see historic turnout for this municipal election. We want to change that tune and have people turn out for something that historically they don't have time for. Or they're not um, not willing to do. And again, there is vote by mail. There's early voting. There's vote on the day. Like all of those things exist just like they did in November. And so we want to make sure that people know that it's happening and know how to get out there. But I also want Kelby to talk about this primary because it's really important. So. I'll, I'll go and then I'll let, because Kelby's got that uh, primary coming up. So I, we, we want him to end off so that that's kind of what we have in everyone's minds. But what I would say is look at other candidates out there. Like look at their social media pages, look at the things they're talking about and what they're not talking about. We are the only candidates that are out here talking about that bus stop that's right down the street from you that's still not accessible, right? Mm -hmm. We're the only ones talking about housing. And so think about some of those apartment buildings in your neighborhood that have not been well-maintained, right? We're the only ones talking about dealing with homelessness and making sure we have emergency shelters. Like we want this community to work for everyone. And we're not worried about just saying the things that like are going to play to the most people or that are poll approved. Like we're talking about the actual issues. And that's something that's also new to local elections here in this community. And like, I think that's what's gonna get people out to vote when they see that like we can get this done if we get a progressive majority on city council. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, first, I just want to talk specifically about Ward 7. It is the lowest turnout vote um, all across Bloomington. And, and like everyone's saying here, there is a primary February 23rd, and uh, there's five candidates running. And so we've been making a lot of phone calls. And I even personally call people and say, I, I don't care if you're going to vote for me. I just want you to vote because we really need to get these numbers up because, you know, I bet right now there are more people 
at the Walmart on the west side inside that building, then who will vote in this primary? And that's just, it's sad. That's a sad state of things. Um, and then also, you know, for our coalition, why I want people to get excited is because uh, just the way this collaboration going, honestly, I don't feel like has been done before, and not only in Bloomington, but in the entire United States. And this is something that, again, we don't know what's going to happen after this, but this is something that could happen in any city. And so, you know, if we successfully do this, you could take that to model to any city and, and other progressives can do the same type of thing. And so I'm, I'm just saying, go out and vote February 23rd uh, and also in April. And we do care that you win the election. So we do want people to vote for Calvin. Yeah, vote Calvin more than seven. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, we're coming up on time and I don't want to keep you over. I'm sure you all have a very busy day. Um, any final sound bites you want to leave us with? Um, well, we have a really fun event tonight that we would love people to tune into, and that probably won't make it into your podcast, but if you want to amplify it, we have a love song to Bloomington happening, and it's a collaboration of these candidates, local artists, local musicians, local businesses, just saying why we love Bloomington. It's going to be really fun. It's a virtual concert. We all miss going out and seeing the show, and so it's a really fun way to get to know us. You get to hear our love stories with Bloomington. Um, support some artists, support some local businesses, um, and support these candidates. So if you wouldn't mind amplifying that, we're going to have a lot of fun. And it's a really great way for people to get to know us too. So um, we all told our little love stories in there. And it's from six to eight tonight, and it'll broadcast live on all of our pages, People First page, Night Shop, Bistro, all of them. So it's going to be out there. I know it won't make it into your um, podcast, but it, it's really important to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's a good way to end. And I know we're pretty close to up at time. Um, People's First Coalition, I can't thank you enough uh, for this time. I wish you all the best of luck. Um, and if I can, and I'm, I'm not going to put in a plug for any particular candidate, but I will put in a plug for the effort you put in to put on this event tonight. Um, as a person who loves music, as a person who loves art and coming together with folks in the community, um, this is the only effort that I have seen to do something like that correlated to a campaign. And I think folks who are on the fence about any person's um, political motivations should, should take a look at that effort um, and understand that it's not done for you, it's done for the community. And uh, I think that's really valuable. I think there's an opportunity here to just tell you that we are extremely lucky to have a network of people who have these valuable skills and they're sharing their time and talents with us because this was put together by volunteers that have poured their their soul into making this successful and have wrangled all of us candidates and all of the um, artists and put the baskets together. And so it's it's just like our campaigns, it is a collaborative effort. And we are so lucky to have people that have these talents that share them with us because a lot of what we are doing with this, I couldn't do myself. Um, and so I think it's a great opportunity to shout out the people that worked really hard to make this happen tonight because it was a whole network of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be the best way to end, right? Power to the people. That's what we're yes. talking about today. <laughs> As you process what you've just heard, consider the words of Killer Mike. Now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. And no, that's not an endorsement of the People's First Coalition. 
That is a call to action to everyone living in Bloomington to vote about what you just heard on either February 23rd at the Ward 7 primary or April 6th in the open election. We have an opportunity to influence things locally, but this opportunity will never be realized if we don't use our power to vote.